Blog Talk Radio. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a nerve steel. Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Good evening, everybody. We are back. It is Viva Las Vegas, and we're live on a Sunday. April 29, 2018, we're ushering out the month of April and headed into May. April showers will bring May flowers, and that holds true here today. Finishing up a NFL draft weekend, finishing up some playoff series in the NBA, continuing some playoff series in the NHL, and hanging tough with baseball. You got some boxing and UFC on. You also have the Kentucky Derby next week. A lot to talk about here tonight, uh, and I'll uh, take you through the next hour and a half or so. Uh, here on Viva La Vegas. Blackjack Fletcher uh, is uh, coming home from Florida. So uh, I'm the Big Man on Campus. Welcome in. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. want to include you always. That's what we do here on the show. This show's a mix of sports talk. It's a mix of fun, a mixture of uh, your calls. Uh, we like to hang around and, and chat with you guys. So you know, feel free to call anytime. I'd love to hear from you. 917-889-3290. How did your team do? Uh, in the NFL draft. I'll go over my winners and losers. I'll go over some of the good and the bad, the ugly, uh, and the in-between. Obviously, though, do want to talk a little bit about uh, the goings-on today in the NBA um, and uh, and everything. We'll do that. We'll be on for about 90 minutes, maybe a little little shorter. We'll see. We'll see where we're at at time-wise. And again, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 917-889-3290 on the Southtown 101 hotline. Uh, Southtown 101, uh, the great uh, people at Southtown 101 in San Antonio, Texas. If you're ever in the mood uh, for a new town, a new little vacation, you know, a nice place to go, check out San Antonio. Great place, great people, a lot of cool sites, the Alamo, the Riverwalk. Uh, get down and see the Spurs, play some basketball. Uh, make sure you're checking out Southtown 101 in San Antonio, Texas. 101 Parade Street, great food, great entertainment, great drinks, great everything. Uh, they hosted us when we were at the Final Four, and they're good people down there. Really enjoyed uh, our time uh, there. Uh, obviously, today, um, yeah, I really wanted to get into this Cavs game. And, look, look uh, the Cavs get the job done. They beat Indiana. Um, but, look, I mean, at what point did you feel confident in Cleveland? I mean, what at what point did this team look like they're, you have confidence that they can go and beat Toronto and they could beat Philadelphia or they could beat Boston and they can win the East. I mean, they're not going to do that. They're not that good. They're not that type of team. And if you look at today, I mean, even in control of the whole game and still barely win, LeBron has 45, you barely win. The other night, LeBron has 45, you barely win. Um, it's just been a common theme time and time again. Look, I'll give them credit. The, the, the Tristan Thompson move was nice. It worked out. Um, but I got to tell you, I mean, the fact that Scott Foster's continued to allow ga- uh, ref games over the years is really a disgrace. I mean, Scott Foster is a guy that is not a good referee. He never has been. Um, he's been seemingly involved in a lot of shady doings. I mean, keep in mind, this is a guy that, is very good friends with Tim Donahue. He's been very good friends with Tim Donahue for many years. 
Um, he's been rated the worst referee many times, um, yet he still continues to get these big-time games year after year. We know about LeBron James' success uh, with uh, uh, Scott Foster as the referee. Uh, you know, and you got to keep in mind, uh, several different publications, including um, the Boston Globe did a report on um, or uh, Boston.com did a report on uh, Scott Foster and his relationship with Tim Donahue. Why they were, uh, why why Foster called Donahue 134 times over a few month period. Um, if that's not alarming, I don't know what is. Scott Foster's a moron. I don't know how he continues to get these big time games. Um, he's a bit of a joke, and the, the NBA officiating problem is a big concern i mean it always has been it always will be and until they take care of it i mean it's just going to be continue to be a bad product um scott foster was bad he's always bad um and it hasn't seemed to change tony brothers not much better either those two continue uh, to get jobs in the nba but again i mean cleveland gets the job done keep in mind they shot 40 free throws today that's right they shot 40 free throws um you know 28 fouls on the pacers you know, Oladipo had a good game. Nick or uh, Derek Holson had a good game, but your Bogdan Bogdanovich didn't play well today. Tristan Tom or uh, Miles Turner didn't play well today. Uh, they didn't get much out of the bench other than Sabonis. Um, you know, you got to give Indiana some credit. They were right there, but um, you know, just weren't able to get past the King. It's hard to get past LeBron James when he's playing that way, uh, and you know, the refs are, are, are obviously calling a game uh, benefiting him. Um, Houston gets the job thing against Utah, and you had to think. I mean, Utah is going to have some trouble in this game. Play Friday night in a game seven. Uh, you have to fly out. Um, you know, you really have no sort of rest time, frankly. Um, then you got to go out and play the number one seed. So, I mean, it's it's just kind of, you know, a tough spot, really. Um, and I didn't have any belief that they could hang in this game. You know, they end up losing by, uh, you know, 14 um, you know, didn't have, you know, weren't far off of a cover, but this game, as far as the score, I mean, it was 64, um, you know, 40 at half. Um, you know, they didn't play well, uh, really. Um, Utah, they just, you know, they were tired. No Ricky Rubio. Donovan Mitchell had his lowest output of the playoffs. Um, you know, luckily, Jay Crowder had a big game, but, you know, James Harden was fantastic. Tucker Capel and uh, Paul, uh, Chris Paul were very good as well. Um, just, uh, just a really uh, quality, impressive game uh, by the uh, by the Rockets. But did you expect anything more? I mean, Utah was dead tired in this one um, overall. So, yeah, uh, an interesting game, an interesting uh, weekend in the NBA. We'll look forward to the Sixers and Celtics getting going tomorrow uh, and some others as well. Uh, baseball going on right now, uh, and it is the Yankees who um, were really cruising in this game. Now, um, you know, they're still – up to one, but you know, it is getting a little interesting here. Um, you know, CC Sabathia was very good. Uh, I, for one, felt that at certain points he was kind of falling off the rocker a little bit. And look, I thought it was a bit of a, a concern, you know, putting him in there in the seventh inning, but he was very good tonight. Uh, CC had that little concern in the sixth, but was able to get out of it. Yankees just aren't able, weren't able to really uh, get the skags, really, other than uh, Gary Sanchez with the big home run. Uh, 2-1 Yankees, one out, Chad Green uh, in. Uh, Mike Trout on the base fest now. The tying run is at the plate. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep track of that. Some other 
a lot of high-scoring games uh, in baseball over the weekend. Uh, and it continued today. Braves put up a big number. Uh, Mariners put up a big number. Ashes put up a big number. Mets put up 14. There were a lot of runs scored uh, over the last two days in baseball. If you had the Grand Salami over, I do think um, you were able uh, to, um, to to hit that. Uh, big night uh, If as far as that was concerned. Um, but obviously the NFL draft was the big news this week. Uh, and weekend, it was it was an interesting time because uh, you had so much hype around these quarterbacks. Um, and look, I mean, there was a bit of a surprise. I mean, obviously Josh Rosen, uh, he went uh, a little bit late. Obviously, I thought he was the best quarterback on the board. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield goes number one, which we've talked about. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's going to last uh, at this level. I don't think he's going to do anything at this level. Um, and I, I thought it was a bad pick. I thought. Uh, and I'll get into the Browns in a little bit. I thought they had a horrible draft. I mean, you look at, um, you know, everything they did. I, I just didn't really understand any move they made uh, really at all. You know, you had a silver platter, Barkley, Bradley Chubb. Don't overthink it. Uh, you go out and you take uh, Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward, who, look, I like Denzel Ward. I thought he was the best corner in the draft. Um, and it is a need. But, um, look, when you can pair Bradley Chubb, and Miles Garrett together, look, I think you have to do it. Um, I thought it was a hideous mistake. Um, and really, every pick they made was uh, seemingly a mistake. And a lot of the time, it wasn't so much, you know, the pick or, or why they did it. It was who they picked, you know, and the needs that they failed to address. I mean, you look at the fact of, like, they go out and they get Jarvis Landry. It's a nice move. They go out and they, you know, obviously have Josh Gordon there. You take Antonio Calloway, who, look, Calloway's a talented kid, but he has a lot of off-the-field problems. You have to ask yourself, how is Antonio Calloway still in the street? I mean, this is a guy that has been arrested, you know, four different times. Faced a sexual assault trial when he's a freshman. Um, also admitted during the hearing he was so stoned he didn't want to have sex with anyone. He also was cited for marijuana possession. He was a passenger car that was stopped uh, when he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He pled no contest to paraphernalia win uh, in 2017. So there's two drug arrests, um, a pullover, uh, sexual assault. Then he was involved in that credit card fraud scheme that wasn't just a simple, hey, I stole my roommate's credit card. Um, it was a pretty high-level fraud thing. You know, it was a group of people using it to, to put you know money on their own books. I mean, he didn't play at all last year. I mean, listen, frankly, if I was a GM, I wouldn't want anything to do with Antonio Callaway. He's no different than Josh Gordon. He's the same exact player. And now you're going to put them both on the same team at the same position. I mean, if that's not a mess, I don't know what is. I thought if he was going to get drafted, it'd be very late. Seventh round, someone would take a shot on him. But he has major character issues that you have to think are going to derail his career. Um, he's a good player. He's obviously an exceptional athlete. He's got good feet. He's got a lot of explosiveness. You know, good punt returner. Can really score any way possible. Great player. But we've talked about other people. Adrian Broner, in the boxer. Great, great fighter. A lot of talent. But he has nothing in between his head. You can't teach that. You can't get that. If you don't have a brain, you don't have a brain. And just throwing him money and putting him on a football team isn't going to solve those problems. John Dorsey thinks he can fix all these people. 
It's not going to happen. That was a bad pick. Okay, and then you go in the second round, and people say, oh, well, they, they got needs. What did need did they address? They don't need a guard. They drafted Austin Corbett out of Nevada. That still doesn't fix your issue at tackle. Joe Thomas is gone, not coming back. You didn't address that. You took a guard. You don't need a guard. All Austin Corbett is is depth, and he doesn't play tackle. He plays guard. And then you take Nick Chubb, who, look, I like Nick Chubb. Great player, good player, but not for this team. He's not the right running back. Why would you take Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb is a first and second down back. You already have Carlos Hyde. You don't need Nick Chubb. I just didn't think it was the right pick for them. I, I get taking a running back there, but I don't really understand Nick Chubb. But what do I know? I would have took Geis if I was them. Kind of a bigger bruiser type of player. I, I, don't, I don't get any of the picks they made at all. Uh, we'll get into more motors and losers. Let's hit the phone lines here. If you want to join uh, me here on the show, Viva La Vegas, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about uh, what you're going to do this summer and how you can't wait for football to start or basketball, I'd like to hear from you. You're going on vacation to Cyprus. I want to hear about it. What do you want to talk about? Give me a call now. Um, let's, uh, let's get to the phone lines here. Uh, caller, you're live. What's up? Hey, big man. How are you tonight? Pretty good. What's your name, man? Uh, it's Brian in Kansas City. Hey, what's happening? Oh, uh, not much. Uh, I called last week and uh, got the negative report from you on Mahomes, uh, if you remember that. Uh, so I just thought I'd see what you thought of the Chiefs draft uh, this week or this weekend. Uh, they didn't obviously have any high picks, but uh seemed like they kind of went for a lot of uh, what I felt like were – low-impact uh, reserves, but I want to see what you thought. No, I, I think you're, and I, I, that's a great way to put it uh, there, low-impact reserves. You have a lot of guys that have chances to become starters. You know, that, that's really what you have here. And this is, this, was the, this is another problem in drafting Patrick Mahomes. It was a bad pick in general, and it left you without picks uh, this year. Your first pick was 46. Mm. And you take Breland Speaks, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi, who, look, is a good football player. I mean, he's going to help you. Uh, you know, obviously, he is a big kid. Uh, you know, look, you look at his number. I mean, he's, he's 6'3", 283, a bit undersized, though. You know, that, that's kind of one of the concerns. But he's going to have that speed. He's going to have the length, uh, good hand placement. Um, but, again, I don't see anyone here. I like Armani Watts. I think he's a pretty good player. I think he'll help them a bit. Uh, maybe in that secondary, you know, if someone gets hurt. But, you know, none of these guys fixed issues. Like, is Leon McQuay going to be your starting safety? And that seems a little seems a little short there. I mean, but, you sure hope not. Yeah, I mean, maybe Armani Watts can push him, um, which is surely possible. But you didn't really get any sort of, um, you know, replacement for um, – for, uh, for uh, the corner that they, they got rid of. Uh, there's no – yeah, Marcus Peters. There's no replacement there. Um, I thought they had a bit of a pass rush need. They didn't address that. Uh, and i I, I got to be honest with you. I've said to you again, I don't think this is a good football team. I think they're a five- or six-win team. You, you did nothing to address the skill positions at all. When you don't do that in a draft, that's a concern. I mean, you, you did nothing at all. All you did was take defensive players, and you took a left guard. I mean, he's a backup. I mean, where are the skill position players? Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. Chris Conley, nice player, but he's not a number one. And Tyree Kill's undersized. Are you going to get the same production at Kareem Hunt? 
Um, I, 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 again, will tell you, I think it's a bad football team. Yeah, it's not been a, a good off season, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it definitely hasn't. And you know, it, it, that's a you know, uh, obviously a very good and and long. You know, it's a great place to go play. You have a great home field advantage. Again, I, it also doesn't help that Andy Reid's the coach. I mean, Andy Reid's not going to ever win anything until people realize that you have a new offensive coordinator. You know, I know Andy kind of is the play guy, Paula there, but. Yeah, I, I don't and, – and at the top, you have a quarterback that runs a totally different system than you run. So, I, I just – I don't understand where it's going to work. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Uh, no, one other thing, uh, Champions League, uh, I'm assuming – I mean, I think we're all assuming at this point it looks like it's Liverpool and uh, Madrid, um, barring something unusual. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I would be very surprised if it wasn't those two. Uh, and it will set up a absolutely fantastic final, uh, frankly. Uh, so what what would you kind of pro- project what the uh, the odds would be to uh, to lift the trophy between those two once the, after the they clear? Uh, I would say it will be fairly, fairly even. I would say probably Real Madrid's probably a slight favorite. Yeah. But, I mean, with how Liverpool's looked all year, with how they've just dispatched Roma, um, I think it would be close, but I, I think Real will be a slight favorite. I could actually tell you right now, uh, your current outrights here on uh, on Champions League are uh, yeah, Madrid's uh, plus 110, you know, the slight favorite. Uh, Liverpool 150, yeah. Bayern Munich 600, and Roma 33-1. So, yeah, I mean, Madrid's slight favorite. So I'm holding a uh, a future on Liverpool. I didn't get the nine to one you got earlier, um, but I did get six to one. Um, is that something you would look to uh, kind of hedge a little bit on Madrid, uh, or just let Liverpool ride the, way, the form they're in right now? Um, I I think it's six to one. I I definitely think uh, you should hedge. Sure. I mean, I I think anything yeah. over. You know, look, five to one, I think is worth hedging. I mean, I'm definitely hedging nine to one. So yeah, okay. for sure. I mean, Real Madrid, you're still getting plus money back. Um, you know, I'd probably hedge for on a if if it's I don't know, hundred to win six. You know, I'd probably you know get you know cover your bet and you know maybe two units on or something. I don't know. Um, but you know, you could obviously the draw is going to be important. You know, or you know obviously sure. the game will be. It's a neutral game, so it's not going to really. Uh, it's not going to really matter as far as the draw. There is no draw. It's a neutral game. But, uh, yeah, I, I would probably do it now. I mean, you know, I, I think, if, if anything, Real Madrid's a very public team. I mean, that number's only going to go down. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for your uh, your insight tonight, and uh, I'll keep listening off the air. No problem. Thanks, Brian. See you. See you. See you later. Uh, great call. Um, little uh, – little update here. Uh, we do have a hockey game going on, uh, or actually it might be over by now. I haven't, I haven't looked lately. Uh, we're in a second overtime, 4-4. So, I mean, nothing but goals in the first three periods. Overtime comes. We haven't seen anything. So, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, there in uh, Nashville, uh, Washington beats Pittsburgh 4-1. Uh, Washington took an early 2-0 lead, never relinquished it. That series tied. One one. Uh, give me a call. Love to hear from you. Nine one seven eight eight nine thirty two ninety. Obviously, Brian, a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, obviously, didn't have a good draft. Um, you know, you look at another team that had an awful draft. Uh, the Oakland Raiders. 
Uh, I, I didn't really understand anything they did. Um, I think they took way too many risks, especially for a team that um, really has no business taking risks right now. Uh, they're off of a bad season, uh, a young quarterback, um, you know, not a ton of great skill budget players. I know they were not got Jordan Zim- or Nelson and Martavius Bryant, but look, Martavius Bryant's a bit of a concern. I mean, he always has off the field issues. You look at the rest of the draft picks they brought in Maurice Hurst heart condition. Is he ever going to be the player you want him to be? It's a steal if he is, but this is why he fell. He's got a heart problem. That's a concern. You and I've got Arden Key. He's a, a character problem, an injury problem. You know, all these guys you're bringing in, you took a, a big risk. Plus, you took a huge risk on Colton Miller. I thought Colton Miller was a huge reach. I thought he was a second-round pick. Um, I would not have not only picked him at 15, but traded up to do so. Didn't make any sense to me. And look, I mean, you had a, a, a pass rush need. You, you, not, you didn't really address that. You went out and got two big boys to put in the, the middle. Where's your pass rush need? You didn't really address the linebacker. Well, I guess you go and get Arden Key, but, you know, if you're going to address the pass rush need, I would have did it right away. I would have did it, you know, second round early instead of taking Arden Key. You didn't really address your linebacker thing, you know, problem. You brought in Azeem Victor. He's another off-the-field issue. He had issues at Washington. A lot of risks here, especially for a team that really has no business make, taking risks right now. They don't really have that ability. And this is what happened when you, happens when you let Tom Cable make your first-round pick. John Gruden was fleeced here. Not a good pick. I wouldn't have did it. Don't like it. And you still have a bad secondary. I mean, did anyone watch them last year? I and mean, they gave up tons of points. And you did nothing to really get better. I don't know how the Oakland Raiders are a better team after this draft. I don't see it. Uh, the New Orleans Saints might have had the worst draft in the league. I mean, I've talked at length about how bad a pick Marcus Davenport was. And if you missed it, I'll tell you about it again now. Listen, I don't not like Marcus Davenport. He's a nice kid. He's a tremendous talent, and he's going to help them a lot. But I don't know if he's going to help them this year. I mean, you literally went all in on a guy out of UTSA. School doesn't mean a ton. doesn't matter. But you literally mortgaged your future on this guy. Okay, because first of all, you give up two first-round picks and a fifth-round pick for a possible starter. Now, and you didn't have any second-round pick, so obviously you weren't able to address any quarterback. Piedmont, you have a 39-year-old quarterback. Okay, he's going to retire soon. You didn't do it this year. You don't have any picks next year, so you're not going to be able to address it next year. Um, and you look at the rest of this draft. Traquan Smith, a bit of a reach for where they took him. If if And I don't know how much people know about this, but if someone can explain to me the Rick Leonard pick, I'd like to hear it. I mean, Rick Leonard wasn't on anyone's radar. Rick Leonard was a guy that at, on most draft boards was, you know, 400th or worse. He wasn't a draftee. He wasn't supposed to be drafted. It was possibly the worst pick ever made in the draft. I mean, you picked him in the fourth round. A guy that really won't ever play at this league. He's a practice squad player at best. 
So you wasted a fourth-round pick there. I mean, what the hell were the Saints doing? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. If you're a Saints fan. You got to, you got to be scratching your head here with this one. It just didn't make any sense to me. You know, the Saints take Rick Leonard at pick 127. You keep in mind, Josh Sweat went after him. That's a great pass rusher. You know, you could have gotten Shaquem Griffin. You know, we saw that story. He goes to Seattle. I mean, if you're going to take a shot, Tyrell Crosby. Why not take Tyrell Crosby? He's a second-round pick, maybe first-round pick. Why not take him over Rick Leonard, the same player? I don't get it. Really odd pick there. Update from L.A. Uh, the Yankees are up 2-1. They do have a runner on second in the ninth. Actually, we're headed to the bottom of the ninth here. Aroldis Chapman will come in and look to close it out for the New York Yankees. Uh, and they look to cash as a small underdog. I believe it was maybe plus 105, depending where you got it. Uh, Yankees are looking for their 10th straight victory. Uh, New York Yankees playing good baseball. We'll see. If they get the job done here tonight uh, on uh, out in uh, L.A. Uh, by the way, the Boston Red Sox uh, lost again. So uh, the Yankees have the ability. Uh, actually, did the Bo- I think the Red Sox lost. Uh, I'm sorry, they came back and won. They were losing. Uh, Yankees need to obviously get this win to uh, stay two games back. Uh, so that'll be obviously something that they'll be gunning for here uh, tonight. Uh, did your team make the right – choices in the draft give me a call 917-889-3290 obviously uh, this is very spontaneous this show tonight uh sometimes we're on the air sometimes we're not you know blackjack said to me hey you know you want to go on feel free to go on uh and uh you know i i figured why not you know we'll talk a little draft and we'll see what people are thinking um give me a call 917-889-3290 um there were teams that have good drafts, though. There, there were a lot of teams that had good drafts. And I thought you know, they were obviously, you know, ones that had a lot of picks. Um, one of which was the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos might have had the best draft in the league. Um, really impressive stuff, what they did. You know, they just really addressed a ton of needs that they had. You know, whether it was, you know, at linebacker or a pass rusher or receiver, um, they obviously get Bradley Chubb and – Look, that was something that fell right into their lap. You know, I think John Elway said to himself, look, I got to go ahead and take this guy. You know, Vance Joseph gets a big time pass rusher. You put him along with Pecco and Derek Wolf and Shane Ray and Von Miller. What a group. What a front seven there. Uh, and then he had tackling machine, Josie Jewell, who, look, I know is a bit undersized, but you talk about a guy that can tackle. My God, uh, what a player there, one of those corn-fed, you know, Iowa kind of guys, um, you know, just going to hit you. He's going to hit you hard. Impressive. Plus, you look at what they did on offense. You go out and get Cortland Sutton, who I think was the best receiver in this draft. Uh, you had Dr- Deshaun Hamilton as well, a good-natured kid, had a great career at Penn State. Uh, I, You know, and you add that to a group of wide receivers that are already pretty good. You go out and get, you know, Jake Butt last year. You add Troy Fumagalli this year. 
you had Royce Freeman to give uh, Devontae Freeman or Devontae Booker a little bit of a, a, a of a of a respite at times. You still have uh, De, uh, D'Angelo Henderson. You brought in Case Keenum to be your guy, and that's the big thing. That's the big concern, and that's the big mystery for a lot of teams. A lot of teams have a lot of good players around them. You know, a team like the Denver Broncos. It all comes down to the quarterback. You know, it doesn't matter if every player in the Browns works out. You know, uh, Callaway works out. You know, um, Nick Chubb works out. It doesn't matter if they all work out. If Baker Mayfield doesn't, you're not going to be a good football team. So, yeah, I, I like what the Denver Broncos did a lot. Dressed a lot of needs. Get a lot of really good football players in. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden they have uh, – pretty damn good football team um not that they didn't but you know last year was a bit of a of a problem i mean you didn't uh you know you got treaded at at times defensively you've fixed that for the most part you do lose to but i'm confident chris harris and, and roby can be the guys there would have maybe liked to have seen them uh go out and get a a, a bit better of a cornerback they take uh isaac yeadham you know fine player but uh, maybe I would have it'll try to do a little bit better there, um, but you know, not bad. Eat him out of Boston College, good player. Uh, I thought uh, I thought the Packers had a great draft as well. You know, you look at what they did. I mean, go out and get two great cornerbacks. Yeah, I think they've really decided at this point that you have to be able to uh, not get shredded in the passing game. You know, these two are going to help them a lot. You went out and got Kevin King last year. You went out and got um, Hawkut and Dix a couple years ago. I mean, that's a really good secondary all of a sudden. You also, in that Dreyer Alexander trade, you got a first-round pick next year, and you only went back four picks. St. Brown, I mean, you get him late in the draft, sixth round. I had him in the second round going, late second round. I thought that was great value getting him. And then, you know, you added a nice little uh, you know, depth piece on the offensive line in Cole Madison, a guy that I thought had a pretty good career at Washington State protecting uh, Luke Falk. So, I mean, I like what they did. You know, they, they stockpiled some picks for next year and, um, you know, really addressed, uh, you know, their secondary this year. You know, your starting secondary is Josh Jackson, Kevin King, Alexander in the nickel, Josh Jones and Clinton Dix in the in the safety positions. Impressive stuff. Like it a lot. Black Jack Fletcher. Looks like he's landed. Uh, and he's hanging out. Looking to see him on Twitter. Uh, looks like he had uh I'm trying to see here. Uh he had the Nashville Predators. And it looks as if he's closed out a parlay. Great stuff. Black Jack Fletcher closing out a parlay with the Nashville Predators. I like it. Good for him. So, look, let's talk about this for a second. So, Black Jack Fletcher has um, some good baseball plays today. Looks to get some overs that came in, hit the under in the Pittsburgh game, um, had that parlay. So, you know, Black Jack made you plenty of units today. Okay. I went 2 0 in soccer, hit jo- Joey Logano at eight and a half to one. Plus, Blackjack had a parlay that paid out 3.6 units, and then he had a couple other base one hockey winners. So, 
I mean, look, you can um, you can look around on Twitter and you can see all these guys that give out two minus two fifty favorites and charge you for it, um, and you know, a lot of the time I mean, they'll give out two forty winners like the Dodgers and the Dodgers will lose to the Marlins. That's what these Yahoo hacks do. Or you could say, you know what? And look, I, I want to make it clear. I don't have an issue with charging. You know, I, I've often considered it. You know, I, but I think there are certain people that should sell picks. And there are just, unfortunately, there are way too many people that shouldn't. Most people look at selling picks as an easy way to make money. But I think we need to reevaluate what selling picks is all about. You're a service. You're providing something that they can't get on their own. You know, like for me, people know college basketball is my wheelhouse. People know soccer I'm very good at. You know, I can throw you out NASCAR winners. You know, I'm pretty decent in college football. Didn't have a great year last year, but overall I know it to like the back of my hand. I'm just good at college. Donnie Wright's that, great at the NFL, good in baseball. Blackjack Fletcher, great at hockey, has had a nice NBA playoff season, good in football. These are kind of guys that should charge. They should. They give you a service. They give their whole life to the business, and they deserve to be paid for their work. I mean, you look at the fact of, do you go to your job and not get paid? I mean, I wouldn't. But the problem is you have people that do it just to make money and to scam people and to give out shit that they don't need to give out and don't have to give out. I don't need you to tell me to bet a team that's one to three. I don't need you to tell me that. None of us do. Most of us are skilled enough to be able to say, hey, I think the Cavs will win today, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and give you a pick like that you pay me for. Most of these guys that sell picks – they have like regular day jobs. Look, if your handicapper has a regular day job, he's a fucking phony. It just is. Because if he was dedicated to this game and he won sports betting, he wouldn't have a day job. There's something he's hiding from you. So you can have guys blow smoke to you on the internet. Um, but if your guy is not getting on the air all day and not promoting himself you know, and, and, and not using some of the avenues that are on the internet, you shouldn't be dealing with them. You shouldn't. And that's why I don't co-sign anyone in this business, really, other than the people I just mentioned to you. There are about five people I would co-sign. I named two of them. There are one, one two, maybe three others. And that's a stretch. So just make sure you understand what exactly you're doing. Because there's a lot of really good guys out there like Donnie, like Blackjack, like Ian Cameron. They put their all into this, and they're good at it. But there aren't many of those. Uh, let's take a and look at what's going on in the Bronx. And by the looks of Twitter, it doesn't seem like it's going very well. Uh, it's the bottom of the ninth, um, and there are two outs and a runner on, so it's not awful. Uh, obviously, uh you know, look, it's the bottom of the order, but Ian Kinsler ups never a good thing. Ian Kinsler, a good veteran hitter. Let's see if Rolda Chapman can get this final out here um, and uh, bring it home. Four 
from sweeping and winning nine in a row. Young off first, very short lead. And the 0-2 is grounded foul. First base on regular. So we'll stay up to date with that. Uh, obviously down to the final strike. I see some callers on the line. I'll get to you guys in one second. Um, but, yeah, so I went on my soapbox today on the show. Let's see what happens here. We don't want to face Trout coming up. Obviously want to get out here. Because if Trout gets up, they'll, they'll tie it or win. So he's staying alive here. We'll keep up doing some of these winner losers uh, here in the draft. I just want to see what happens here in this Yankee game before we get to the next call. If you want to call, give us a call. Four uh, seven one seven or uh, I'm sorry nine one seven eight eight nine thirty two ninety again nine one seven eight eight nine thirty two ninety. Kinzer just fouling pitches off. Chapman just throwing gas, 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 gas. 101, 101, 100, 99. Just throwing fucking balls by. Kins are making contact, though. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Guan White, what's up? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Pretty good. Yourself? Not much. I'm looking at this with you. Have a have a wager on the Yankees, so, you know, I'm just trying to. Watch this. I'll you watch know, this with you, but you uh, go ahead. You obviously, don't, you obviously don't want to face Mike Trout. I mean, I think it's very imperative Stop that <laughs> uh, it's very imperative that uh, he get a Kinzer here. Kinzer, though, a good hitter. I mean, he's a veteran guy. Uh, it's not even a great year, and now the tying runs on second base. So it's a big. Uh, that's a gutsy move to steal. Obviously. Uh, yeah. No. What else is? What's on your mind tonight, Quan? Not much, man. I just want to commend you, man, on your NASCAR stuff, man. I was, yes, there we go. Came over. Go. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Oh, Yankees win. Right. <laughs> Yankees win. Good um, stuff. Wow, you hit him with the 87 stuff, on our slider. How about that? Love oh. it. Love it. Um, but no, nah, man, I just want to man, I just, you know, like I said, man, you just, my dude, man, I mean, the kid from Philly is, Hitting NASCAR like it ain't nothing, man. I'm just like, <laughs> I love it, man. Like I wish I was. Thank I mean, I just, I just, I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong. With it. I just never was like, I never really knew how to. I guess I'm about to start paying attention, you know, because I just, I know you pick a few, but you always make your money back with your winners. But I was just like, man, like this is crazy. I mean, winning four winners in a row, I mean, it's cool, man. I just wanted to give you a props on that. Um, yeah, no, look, Juan, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think NASCAR is a sport that a lot of people, um, you know, don't concentrate on. Um, they kind of just look at it as, oh, it's just guys driving in a circle. But I'll tell you, once you bet on it, it's pretty fun. I mean, you can – there's a lot of edges in it. I mean, you're always betting plus money underdogs. Um, you know, obviously it's not something you should be betting, um, you know, if you um, are down or, or not doing well. But um, it's a great way to really add to the end of the week on a bankroll. I mean – I started doing it about two years ago. I found that there was a way you could handicap it. Um, and, yeah, it's been a fun ride. I mean, um, you know, it's not overly tough. It's just about kind of zeroing in and doing some homework and where guys are good. And, um, you know, one of the guys that was really good at this track today was, 
was Joey Logano. And that's you – know, Joey Logano's had a tough season. He hasn't won a race, but he's had real good success in restricted plate races. Um, he has won at Talladega. He's been getting close. He's been right there. Um, he's you know done a nice job. So I thought that price was really worth it today. And, yeah, uh, NASCAR has been fun, and it's been nice to outcap some of these people that – you know, watch NASCAR the whole life. I will tell you, go on that. If I didn't bet NASCAR, I wouldn't watch it. Um, of course, I mean, I, I only go because you know I'm I'm not far from Bristol. I grew up there. I I used to work the race. I used to sell ice there, so I know the experience. Just I never really looked at it as a from a better's perspective, just from a fan and just you know I grew up on it. But now, nah, man, I just you know keep up good work. And then also, I just want to say one thing too. Uh, what was up with all those shooting fouls and loose ball fouls in the Cavs game? And that was, in my opinion, that was just ridiculous, in my opinion, in the fourth quarter. Well, I, I don't well, know. I two words, Scott Foster. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's all you need to know. Scott Foster and Tony <laughs> Brothers, the two worst refs in the league. I mean, it's not close. I mean, that that's – I mean, I, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> nice, yeah, because I was just like, man, because – it was funny because, I mean, I normally don't take the cow. I took them last Sunday, but I took them Friday. thought it was going to um, close it out because they were a dog. And I just don't see, like you said today, I mean, you couldn't say any better. Like, as a favorite, like, well, as soon as I seen that five and a half, um, and somebody asked me, like, hey, what did you do? I said, I just don't know because I feel like the refs would do something. But I was like, that five, they don't know like, they don't know what's going on. I was like, I just wouldn't even, even touch that game. I mean, that was just, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a continued same old, same old with, I mean, the Cavs. I mean, they don't cover numbers. I mean, it's just if you're still betting on them, you, you suck at gambling. You shouldn't do it anymore. I mean, it just it, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I don't know why people are still doing it. I mean, keep in mind also that at home this year, Cleveland's 13 and 31 against the number. I mean, they're they're just they're just a dreadful side laying points. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. do it. I will say this. I do think they're worth a playing game one uh, against Toronto. I mean, they're getting six points against Toronto. But getting points, they're a bet. Laying points, they're not a bet. I totally agree, man. And uh, good, good uh, win for your team, Celtic today. And uh, and uh, like I said, let's just uh, keep this momentum going. But uh, I appreciate all your work, man. And I'll talk to you it, later. It was a uh, beautiful win by Celtic today, by the way. And I'm glad you dropped Celtic on the show, Guan. Uh, uh, they win the uh, Scottish League for the seventh straight year, and uh, that means I have to update my flag because mine says six straight, so I need to get another one. Um, yeah, uh, great call, and uh, they were able to uh, make me some money, so I was very happy. Uh, they own Rangers. I mean, they just own them year after year. Uh, good stuff, Guan. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. You have a good one. See you later. Uh, Guan Roy checking in from the Smoky Mountaintop of Tennessee. Uh, let's, um, keep it going here. Uh, if you want to call in, I'd love to hear from you. 917-889-3290. Don't be bashful. If you're out there and you're listening, call me. What are you waiting on? It's just like talking to your brother, your girlfriend, or your grandpa, whatever you want. Uh, we can chat about, um, and as we discussed, the Yankees beat the L.A. Angels of Anaheim, 2-1, to one, a low-scoring game, and the Yankees win again. You talk about that, get the brooms out. Yankees are uh, playing good baseball right now. Nice to see 
They had that Houston coming up, a big four-game series with Houston. Then they get the Indians in the Bronx. Then they get the Red Sox. Long, tough stretch here for the Yankees. But they're playing well, so you have to be excited. Um, Let's go back to the draft. The one other team that I wanted to uh, just mention, uh, I thought the New York Giants had a really good draft. Um, I was really happy with, I think, the outcome for that group. Obviously, I'm an Eagle fan, so I don't ever like to see them do well. But I thought for the most part they had a really good weekend. You know, obviously, Saquon Barkley was a great pick, bang on pick there, and he's going to help your team for the next 10 years. But, you know, I also like the rest of their draft. You know, adding Will Hernandez, who, look, Mel Kuyper's not right much, but um, Mel Kuyper described him as the best run blocker he's seen in 25 years doing this. Uh, and, you know, you added Nate Solder already. That left side, the blind side for Eli Manning, is protected. And that's a big step up for that that guy because he had a tough year last year. He had a bad offensive line. I mean, he was literally throwing to uh, supermarket employees. Um, Odell Beckham was injured. Uh, Sterling Shepard was injured at points. Um, you know, just you had no running game. Uh, it was just a mess. The the Giants got a lot better. I mean, they, they're now the second best team in the East, if you ask me. You get Odell Beckham back. You added Cody Latimer, who can be a nice uh, change of pace guy. You have Evan Engram. You have the best running back in the last several years at this level in the draft. You know, and then on defense, I mean, you go out and address some needs. I mean, you got a Lorenzo Carter, who could be a big-time um, linebacker for you out of Georgia. You added Alec Ogletree uh, to play linebacker as well. You still have Snacks Harrison. You still have Olivier Vernon and Dalvin Tomlinson. B.J. Hill will give you that a pass-rushing ability as well. You draft him. You know, the question is, I mean, is the secondary good enough? I mean, Eli Apple, what a mess he had last year. You know, Landon Collins is great. You know, is Norris Jenkins on Eli Apple, are they good enough? Because you have a lot of really good players in this division now at skill positions. The the pick that I didn't understand, and, and look, I don't understand. I understand them taking a quarterback, but I didn't quite understand taking Kyle Loletta out of out of Richmond. I, I don't see see it with Loletta. I I don't uh, I don't think he will work at the next level. He doesn't really have a lot to be excited about. He has no real arm strength. Um, the the happy feet are a problem. Um, he has major perception issues when it comes to pressure. Uh, I just I, I didn't really like the pick. I, I don't know that he's a. A lot of people are very high on him. I'm not personally. Um, you, know, you take him in the fourth round. You know, keep in mind um, Luke Falk was on the board there. Um, you know, there uh, were other quarterbacks. I mean, um, uh, Riley Ferguson was or not Riley Ferguson. Uh, uh, yeah, Riley Ferguson. He was on the board there. Um, you know, Mike White was on the board there. Uh, there were other quarterbacks on the board there. Loletta kind of ran up the draft board. And look, he did well at Richmond. I mean, Richmond doesn't have exactly, you know, a lot of talent in that foot- on that football program. But remember, I mean, he had limited um, competition he was playing. You know, I would have took a shot on Logan Woodside before I would have taken a shot on that kid. I don't. Have, I have a feeling he's not going to do much for the Giants. You know? He's a third-string quarterback. That's what he is at this point. We'll see if he can kind of make the jump. You know, I think people think Richmond, they think, uh-oh, 
It's going to be like Carson Wentz, little school. Here he comes. Um, I, I would have went a different way, you know, but maybe they felt he was the best player at that spot. You know, for me, instead of taking like, you know, what was another pick they made a little earlier? Uh, maybe in the third round. Uh, I have to find one that they made. Um, you know, maybe maybe I would have went, you know, there. You know, take a quarterback. You know, they take Lorenzo Carter at 66. You know, maybe you could have took it to Mason Rudolph there. That's what I would have done. But we'll see how it works out. Let's get back to the phone lines here. Uh, caller, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I just was wondering what you thought about the Miami Dolphins draft. That's a great question. What's your name, man? My name is Mark. Hey, Mark. Are you from Florida? Are you a Dolphin fan? or? No, uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, but born and raised cool. a Dolphins fan. So, But obviously oh, I cool. thought they hit – I thought they hit a home run with the Minka pick. I don't really, I don't think too many people thought he would fall to 11. But other than that, I was thinking about uh, they got a they got Gesicki from Penn State in the second round, and then they also got another tight end in the fourth. But other than that Minka pick, I thought was wondering what you thought about their draft. Yeah, I actually, I, I you know, I actually chatted with a friend of mine, and he he mentioned that he didn't like their draft. I, I actually did. I thought it's a pretty good one. I look, Gasecki is a guy that I think a lot of people were high on. I had mm-hmm. uh, Goddard slightly yeah. above Gasecki, but Gasecki had a great career, and you know, I think it really all is going to depend on um, Ryan Tannehill. I'm not a big yeah. Tannehill guy. Um, they are. They like Tannehill. I think they really wanted Baker Mayfield, but unfortunately that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, they have a good offensive line. They have some good skill budget players. You're bringing Amendola. Um, the run game is, is solid. I actually like Kalen Ballage a lot. That's a, mm-hmm. That was a good pick out of Arizona State. And I also – I don't know if this guy will make the team. I'll root for him, though. Quinton Poling was a hell of a player at Ohio yeah, University. Uh, yeah. He's a four-year starter, played for Frank Solich, all-MAC linebacker. Um, you know – it he could be a difference maker on special teams and, you know, maybe make the team. That, that's an interesting uh, yeah, pick there. Out of the seventh round. Yeah. And look, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a guy that maybe can make a difference on special teams. You make his way in there somehow, but yeah, I think they're a pretty decent football team. I'm, I'm not as down on them as maybe others. You know, I think they have a lot of, of really good football players, you know, getting Mika Fitzpatrick at where they, at, you know, the 11th pick or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, that's a steal. I mean, he's the best corner in the draft. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's going to help them a lot. They, they, yeah, they sorely needed uh, help there after, you know, Byron Maxwell was, was a complete mess and and a couple other things, but you know, keep in mind, you lose in Dominican too, but you went ahead and got, you know, you went ahead and reloaded a bit and got, you know, Robert Quinn on the outside there, but that's a concern for me, them, their run, their run defense is, are these yeah, two, didn't, you know, Phillips and defensive tackles or anything? No, kind no. Of and without everybody, but Sue. Yeah. And that's maybe, you know, instead of taking, you know, two linebackers in the draft, which I'm not sure you need, maybe you should have went and take, you know, took in a defensive tackle. Um, there were a lot of, of good defensive tackles in this draft. Uh, you know, ones that you could have got, you know, late in the draft. I mean, I mean, keep, keep in mind, um, you know, Harrison Phillips, I had Harrison Phillips, as a second round pick, he goes late in the third round. That would have been a great pick for them. Um, you know, someone like that or, 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 you know, anyone really. I mean, Maurice Hurst too. Look, Maurice Hurst on my board, I had him in the first round. Yeah. You know, he goes fifth round, fifth round due to the heart condition. 
if that works for Oakland, that's a slam dunk pick. Problem with Oakland is they took too many risks. I would have liked to see a team like Miami address that because you lose Sue, you got to find a way to address that. I don't hate their draft. I think they had a pretty good one. Yeah, and then I also was wondering about the fit with Lamar Jackson because I'm a manager on the football team at Louisville, so just wondering how you thought that his fit would be in Baltimore. Oh, you're a manager there. You go to Louisville? Yeah, I'm a student there right now. Oh, that's great. What do you study? Accounting major. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, call me after the show, will you? Yeah, I can do that. I got some questions for you. Uh, No, but – no, listen, um, uh, you know, I don't know about that pick, uh, him going there. I, I, I kind of uh, liken it to Mahomes going to the Chiefs. Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know how he works in that offense. But I, I, we'll see. I like him. I thought he was yeah, – frankly, I think he's the third best quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Personally. But, um, you know, people say Mike Vick. Some people say he's a complete failure. Um you know, it's kind of interesting because Robert Griffin's there now. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Griffin didn't have a long career in the NFL, but he's a similar kind of player. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how those two kind of get along. They're going to be battling for the backup spot. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. I like what Baltimore's doing. They've obviously addressed the receiver position a ton. I mean, you go out and get Jordan Lastly, you got your little Scott, and you went out and got uh, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, John Brown. I mean, that's a totally new receiving core. I mean – It'll be interesting to see how much their offense improves because everything about their offense is decent other than, you know, is Joe Flacco going to kind of step up and be a little bit more than average? Um, I'll be interested to see Lamar Jackson if he can beat out Robert Griffin. Um, You know, he's going to be the quarterback in a year or two there. I just don't know how he really fits in that offense. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I had. I appreciate you taking the call. I will say this quickly before I uh, let you go. I'm really high on uh, Alexander, Jair yeah, Alexander. Yeah, yeah I'm a big, a big fan of his. He's a dog. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he goes. But what, would you have any outlook on Louisville football this year? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're we got to kind of restart with our quarterback, Puma Pass, but he's more of a pocket passer than Lamar. But he, uh, he's kind of a sneaky guy in the run game. So it'll be kind of getting back more to Bobby Petrino football, you know, airing it out, trying to score via game, but we got a we got a new defensive coordinator for the third straight year, so that's my main focus because, you know, we open up the season with Alabama, so that'll be a that'll be a tough test. Bonifin graduated, right? Yeah, he uh he signed with the Panthers as an undrafted free agent. So Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, no, Petrina's always an interesting character, so uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see how they do. But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be a big loss, you know, losing uh, losing Lamar Jackson. He was such a mainstay there for, for so many years. But uh, yeah, don't be a stranger, man. Uh, give me a call in and uh, chat anytime, man. Good stuff. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the call. Yep, see you, bro. Uh, great stuff there. A little inside info, Louisville Cardinal. Uh, that was kind of my thoughts as well. I think they're going to be uh, – you know, some growing pains there. We'll see how Juwan Pass can do there. Um, obviously, like, you know, the caller said, he's a bit more of a, a pocket passer. But uh, college football coming, man. Uh, always, uh, you know, fun as the, the, win, the uh, summer goes on, as college uh, football gets closer and closer. Uh, got about 30 minutes left. Don't know if we'll be on the whole time. Um, obviously, uh, give me a call if you want to chat. Uh, we can uh, chat about whatever you want. Some good calls tonight on uh, some draft stuff. How did your team do? Um, I'd love to chat about it. 917-889-3290. Uh, 
Um, yeah, a lot of people didn't like the Dolphins draft. Um, look, what I've liked to have seen them go with a defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're incredibly weak there. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they do. And, you know, do they maybe make, you know, try to get a, make a move? You know, I don't know what they did in their uh, uh, undrafted free agent market. So you know, maybe they did address it a bit. But um, I don't hate what they did. I mean, obviously getting – Minka was it was a huge get for them. Uh, you obviously got Tunsil last year. The offensive line's pretty good, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought you know there were some teams that had some real good drafts, and there were some teams that didn't. Uh, namely, Oakland, the Saints, the Browns. Um, but uh, one other team that I did want to mention as well that you know obviously a lot of people are down on. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought uh, I thought they had a good draft. You know, look, the, the the truth of the matter is, they will not win until Marvin Lewis is let go. Marvin Lewis is a cat with nine lives. He continues to get another year, another year, another year, another year. Um, he's not going to win for you. I don't know why and what. I don't really understand what you're waiting on. But you look at what they did. I really like it. You go out and get some needed depth on the defensive line. Sam Hubbard was a guy that I had as a first-round pick out of Ohio State. Great player. You get a big-time nose tackle in Andrew Brown um, to kind of put there and say, listen, stop the run. Andrew Brown's going to do it. A hell of a player uh, out of of Virginia. Smart kid. Big kid, too. Uh, Mammoth kid. 6'3", 296. Won the Gatorade National Player of the Year uh, in – in his high school years. And look, I, I think he's a guy that will really be able to come in and help you right away. Good character, nice kid, um, really a good player, and a guy that you want on your roster. Kind of different than what they normally go after, the Bengals. So those two picks I really liked. I loved the addition of Malik Jefferson out of Texas. You're putting him behind perfect and saying, look, just learn from him. And don't learn his bad things, but <laughs> learn from him as a player. That's a great get for them there. And then in the secondary, I mean, how can you hate what they did there? You go out and get Jesse Bates, who is a great safety out of Wake Forest. Put him and maybe let him challenge for the job. You know, is Georgia Loca guarantee there? I don't know. Darius Phillips, great get as well. You just have a lot of depth in that secondary. You know, you have Darquez Denard already. Jesse Bates, Darius Phillips, really good group there. And then you give a little bit of competition, Andy Dalton. I'm not saying Luke Falk or Luke, uh, Logan Woodside can do that, but had a great year at Toledo. It'd be interesting to see if he can maybe put a little scare into the redhead. Billy Price was the biggest need. You needed a center, and they went out and got a center. Probably the best center in the draft. So, and don't sleep it on Tate. He might make this team out of Florida State. Really like what they did. Problem is, you're not going to win anything until you get rid of Marvin Lewis. But, and Andy Dalton wins in the playoffs. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, what's up? What's up, big oh, man? What's up, bro? What's your name? I go by Dog Willie. Talked to you on Twitter a couple times. Dog Willie. Where are you calling from, man? Minnesota. Minnesota. How about that? Um, what, uh, what's on your mind tonight, dog Willie? 
just seeing what you just seeing what you thought about the Vikes draft. Yeah. Well, look, I I liked it. I I've said before, I, Mike Hughes is one of my favorite corners in the draft. When you look at nickel corners, I mean, he's a great player, and he's a guy that I had middle of the first round. He got him late in the first round. Really good player. They didn't have a ton of picks, though. It seemed like it seemed like I didn't see much of of the Vikings for some reason. But no, they didn't. I, yeah, I, I like I like Brian O'Neill as well out of Pittsburgh. That's a big time player you can get there. And look, Riley Reef. I feel like Riley Reef's getting up there in age a little bit. Um, that's a great player to have there. I mean, Riley Reef is you know twenty nine. Surprisingly, I thought he was a bit older than that. But um, but yeah, I mean that's um, a, a nice kind of offensive uh, line uh, piece you have. Uh, Tyler Conklin, a guy that. Yeah, I don't know if he'll make the team, but he's going to play tough. He's from Central Michigan. He's going to play hard for you. Um, they didn't have a ton of picks, though, which which is a concern. You went out and took uh, Daniel Carlson, which is interesting. You don't see a ton of kickers being chosen in the draft. But you t- I'll tell you what, as far as kickers are concerned, uh, tremendous talent. So you had some interesting needs that you went out and, 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 and handled. You got one of the better corners in the draft. So I think overall, you know, for the picks and the amount of picks they had, I would give it a B minus. Not great, but good. Yeah, it's not a lot. A lot of fans were upset about a kicker, but you got to be happy when you don't have to listen about Kai Flormath or uh, Blair Walsh anymore. Well, listen, I think it's important, and I think you know this, uh, dog. That you know, uh, Blair Walsh was a complete mess. I mean, he he was a complete mess. And look, Kai Flormath, uh, decent, but um, you know, sometimes look, we saw it in Philadelphia. I mean. You know, there were issues at times with, you know, whether, whether it was Alex Henry or, or, or Caleb Sturgis or whoever. Sometimes you got to give these kickers a little bit of competition. Kicking's important anymore. Um, and that's going to be the end for Kai Forbeth. I don't, he's not going to make this team. You're not going to take a kicker and have Forbeth on this team. So you'll hope that the young guy can come in and do well. Maybe be a Jake Elliott type. I mean, Jake Elliott was huge for the Eagles last year. At one point, he won them a football game because he was able to kick 63 yards. Uh, kickers aren't to be taken lightly, but I thought with the amount of picks they had, I liked it. I would have did a little bit more maybe uh, in the skill position area. You have Phelan and Diggs, but what do you have after that? I mean, Laquan Treadwell hasn't yeah, really panned out a ton. You know, signed, I, I uh, might have Kendall Kendall Wright. Kendall uh, Wright. He's a decent decent three option, but we need a tight end that can uh, stretch the field a little bit. Rudolph, decent hands, but he he doesn't stretch the field at all. Sure, he's kind of your your regular tight end, your old school tight end. I, I also, I mean, and maybe I'm. Um, Maybe I'm kind of off here, but I don't. When I think of like high level pass rushers, I don't think of anyone on Minnesota. I would have, you know, if I were them, I would have taken a shot on like a high energy defensive ta- uh, uh, end, you know, a guy that can rush the passer, you know, a Josh Sweat type. Um, you, know, you, you look at that roster, is there like a high level pass rusher there that you see? I don't. I mean, yeah, uh, well, you got Griffin's getting up there in age a little bit, right. and then you got Daniel Daniel Hunter has got a lot of talent, but they're saying that he's you know, paying Cousins so much money. You're not gonna be able to sign all these guys because all these guys are gonna want money. You have ten sacks only, you're gonna be making millions. It'd be tough to pay those guys when you got a quarterback making twenty eight million. Right, right, and, and look, like I said, Mike Hughes was a good pick, but you know maybe in the you know at that six, pick sixty two, you know instead of taking you know. Brian O'Neill, you know, taking, you know, a guy on the edge that can, 
you know, really kind of, you know, get get, get a sack, a Sam Hubbard type, yeah. uh, you know, an Arden Key type, you know, someone like that, someone that can physically, you know, maybe he's not the biggest guy, but he's just quicker than everyone else, you know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know exactly. that I see and- the the get the get off between some of these current players. Yeah, some of the fans are upset not getting moral line help, but I think uh Zimmer kinda of strong arms sometimes when draft he always wants defense, obviously the defensive guy, but uh you've spent twenty eight million and hope your whole line's assured. Yeah, I mean look you know, obviously I think they're much better defensive than they showed late in the season last year. But, again, if it was my choice, and that's one of the reasons where I'm not giving them a high B or an A because the picks that they did have, they were good picks, but they're, they're, I thought there was a pressing need for a pass rusher, and I, I don't, I didn't see them address that. I mean, there were a lot of good pass rushers in this draft, and you could have got a lot late. I mean, th- there's a guy out of NC State. Um, his name is uh, Contravious Street. Contavious Street. I mean, he was the fourth best defensive lineman on that team they had the best defensive line i've ever seen at this level um you know he goes 128 to the 49ers that would have been a guy would have taken a shot on if i was minnesota i I just don't see the get off here for any of these guys on their line but um you know and and also i've and maybe you can dispel this rumor dog because you know you know you obviously live in minnesota do you listen to sports radio around there we do okay so i've heard through I don't know if you know this, but when I was younger, you know, four or five years ago, when I really first got into like doing podcasts and stuff, I was a big sports radio caller. I called in to one of the stations around here and I got to know a lot of the producers and a lot of different guys around here. And I had a conversation last night with a friend of mine. He was telling me that he heard through different channels that the Minnesota Vikings actually proposed to the NFL that they were concerned about the safety of their fans and didn't want to be that first game against the Eagles. Have you heard that? I've, I've heard that going around that they backed yes. out. They were... Yeah. So the, the big sports radio show here in town is K fan. Yeah. And sure. Paul Allen, Paul Allen's got the show nine to noon. He called sure. the games for the Vikings too, but yeah, yeah that, uh, that is true. And, you know, I had, I had season tickets in the late nine. My first year was '98 when we lost to the Falcons in the NFC Championship. Sure. And then yeah, our fan, you had tailgate every game, and it's you have you're going to have a couple fans. When there's that many people there, there's going to be a couple that are that are bad eggs. It, it just happens, and I'm sure you can attest to that with Philly fans too. Well, I'll tell Most you what, of them are great. Dog, I was at the game, okay, and I was, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had I had some run-ins with the fans, like where I was sitting. You know, yeah. there there were some people though that were a lot worse than me though. And look, do, will I tell you that I don't? I think they brought it on themselves. A lot of the fans. I mean, we were out in the parking lot, and you would see fans just walking through just to walk through. Um, I think they yeah. were almost looking for it. But you have to admit that's a weak ass move to to back out of a game. I mean, you have to admit extremely that's weak because when you tail you tailgate, even when you come to Minnesota, if you walk through the tailgate with the opposing jersey, you better be ready. You're, you're sure. going to get harassed a little bit. It's just of the course. nature of it. And wouldn't you want another shot at the Eagles? I mean, really? Absolutely. I mean, that doesn't – that seems – I just don't get that. But um, I'm glad you mentioned the, that 98 team. You know, I, I feel like I was – I was I was how – I think it was 9 or 10 years old. And it was really kind of when I was really getting into sports. Like, I was – you know, I've talked about it before. I wasn't like a normal kid. Like, I was watching, like, sports when I was, like, 4 or 5 years old. I don't watch, like, cartoons yeah, or nothing. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, I remember guys like John Randall and Matt Burke, you know, and I think yep. Co- Randall was on that team, wasn't he? Yep. There was sure. Cunningham at Randy Moss. And we had three, yeah, Moss, Carter, and Reed. And then uh, we had the Jimmy Hitchcock and sure. um, a couple of line- – Ed McDaniel, linebacker. Yeah, Gary yeah, Anderson was weird, weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Perfect until that's the one funny. kick that meant the most. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, that's good stuff, man. I definitely remember. I'm trying to think. The Dennis Green was the coach, right? Yep. Yep. Dennis Green. Yeah. He took the shot on. He took the shot on Moss. I think he was nineteenth or twenty-first. I think he was probably one of the biggest steals in NFL draft history, if you ask me. I'm always curious. Why'd you stop uh, your tickets? Just got it. Uh, got into well, it. I was. Yeah, well, yeah, I was about, I live an hour north, so I actually got him with two buddies when I was a junior in high school, so we'd drive down every uh, wow. every Sunday, and I had him all the way through. I, I went off to college. I went to a Division three school in St. Paul, so I was actually closer, but, you know, it gets in Saturday night college, and then you try to get up Sunday morning and go to the game. It didn't always work out so well. Sure, sure. So I mean, you just end up getting rid of him. Tell, tell me about Minnesota, because it seems like a pretty, pretty barren – barren place i mean you're an hour north of minneapolis right i that's where i grew up i i, I live down here now i'm just about 15 miles south of uh, minneapolis so like what do you what were you in like duluth or something uh st cloud wow that's that seems like barren wasteland up there man how was that <laughs> yeah st cloud if you go north, that's probably, I mean, as soon as you get out of the cities, it's, it's, it's about 100,000 people population. But as soon as you get north of that, then you're getting into Barron Town. <laughs> then you're sure, getting into sure. ice fishing and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that good stuff, but, yeah. It's interesting, man. I, I, um, I mean, I was, as you know, I was in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and I, yeah. I, I went out to, like, this random area in Texas, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom, like, living in a place like that. Like, like, that, my, that's like, a bar that, blackjack yeah that like yeah 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 sure yeah <laughs> and i'm just like i you know but i think places like that are beautiful like minnesota and wyoming all these other places beautiful places just you know it's crazy that because i'm so used to like being near stuff and, and having stuff around me and and people um, are out people are out and about 24 7 in their area yeah exactly 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 <laughs> um but uh yeah great stuff dog man don't be a stranger great call yeah, it won't be. Keep up the good work, bro. Thanks, brother. See ya. All right. Uh, good call there from uh, Dog Willie out in Minnesota. Minnesota. Joe Maurer territory out there. Uh, but, uh, all right, guys, we'll look to wrap it up here. About 15 minutes to go, but, um, you know, I kind of achieved what I wanted to. want to talk some draft. want to talk to some callers. Uh, if you're out there listening, you want to get a late call, and I'll be on for another five minutes or so, uh, feel free to uh, give in and have a chat here. Uh, we even talked some Champions League. We talked a little, um, you know, life, you know, handicapping, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had our, our chats. But obviously tomorrow, big game here in Philadelphia, uh, up in Boston. You got the Sixers and the uh, Celtics. And, you know, big quick turnaround for the Celtics. I mean, play last night. Um, you know, you're at home, so it's not like you have to travel. But, you know, it's a quick night. I mean, you don't get home late until – early this morning probably after your, your media availability and everything. And um, you probably had a short practice today. 
And then you got to come right back at it and play today against a team that's well-rested in the Sixers. No Jalen Brown, which is big. I mean, Jalen Brown out is huge for the Celtics. He's out with a hip injury. Uh, that's a big uh, loss for, for Beantown. Uh, you know, didn't play much in game seven. But you look at, you know, the, the previous two games, game five and game six, I mean, 40 minutes and 38 minutes, uh, 14 points in both games. Um, he was a big factor. And he was a big factor this year. 14 and a half points a game, five boards, you know, 40% from three, gave him 31 minutes a game. That's a big loss for them. And it helps the Philadelphia 76ers, just another thing to help the Sixers. And I have to ask in this one, I'm excited about facing Boston. I think the Sixers will beat Boston. I don't think it's going to be a crazy long series either. They do have home field, but I ask myself, who the hell is going to guard Joel Embiid? Because I don't think Aaron Baines has any shot. I mean, he made Hassan Whiteside look awful. What's he going to make Aaron Baines look like? You know, look, I mean, you don't have a ton of depth on this team now. You know, Tatum's a nice player, like Al Horford, solid guy. Jalen Brown hurts. You know, it's Marcus Smart, who just came off an injury. Shane Larkin and Terry Rozier. So, I mean... That's concerning. I don't think this is a long series. I think it's sixes and five. I think Boston will win a game. Probably game two. And in this game tomorrow, I think the Sixers will win. And I think they'll cover. Quick turnaround. A lot of injuries. Sixers arrested a bit. And look, I mean... They're rolling, the Sixers. I mean, they've won a lot of games in a row um, other than that one loss to Miami. I mean, it's been a lot of wins. I don't even remember how many wins it's been so many. But Boston has won 10 of 12 against the Sixers. Keep in mind, those teams are a little bit different, though. So, you know, we're in a different, bit, bit different situation. But Boston is 20-7 and seven this year as an underdog. But they basically have to win this game to cover. You get a couple points to play with. Let's take some calls here. We got about 15 minutes to go. A couple of late calls coming in here. Uh, caller, what's happening? What's going on, man? It's Mike from New Jersey. How are you guys doing tonight? What's up, Mike? Not much, man. I wanted to talk some basketball real quick. Um, that Pacers yeah, and Cavs series got me some real eye-opener, I guess we could say. Because, like, you know, I didn't really picture that series going to seven especially with how successful LeBron is in the first round. So what do you got going for the Raptors and uh, Cavs going into the next round? Do you think that's going to be the chance the Cavs get knocked out? I, I think it's definitely where the Cavs get knocked out. I think they will get knocked out. I think the Cavs will win one game. I really do. I, I don't really. I, I, yeah. And I've said it before. I don't, I, the Cavs are not a good basketball team. They're just, they're just not. No, they're not. They're old. I mean, other than LeBron James, they're not a good basketball team. And I'm not afraid to say it. People will say, well, you know, they, they, beat, they were to beat the Pacers. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't easy. And, look, I, I firmly believe if Scott Foster and Tony Brothers didn't ref today, I don't think they would have won this game. I don't. I mean, look at what LeBron did, and you still barely won. No one else has yeah, stepped up for this team. They're all useless. Good to know going in. Uh, Jeff from soccer for you. 
Champions League, who would, who's your safe bet on to win aggregate between Bayern and Real? Uh, I'm trying to think. What is the aggregate right now? 3-1, right? Yes. Uh, and they're in Santiago Bernabeu for the next game. Yeah, and they're at home, right. Uh, listen, I think Bayern Munich had – you know, one really slip away the other night. I mean, you know, and it, it sucks because Arjen Robin got injured, Boateng got injured. But I will say this, Byron had a lot of opportunities to score. I mean, a lot of opportunities. I'd be looking at goals in this one. I'd be looking at both teams to score in the over 2.5. Um, you're going to have to lay a little juice, but there should be plenty of goals in this game. Byron obviously have to go forward. Real Madrid won't not score. I mean, this is 2-1 at at at, at worst. And what about the other side for Roma? I mean, coincidentally, they need a 3-0 game to advance again. Yeah, I mean, I think Roma's dead. I mean, I think they can maybe at least score. But, look, I think the problem that they had against Barcelona is, did they beat Barcelona? Yeah, but they put everyone on notice. The problem that Liverpool has is they don't know how to just turn it down. I mean, they have to go forward. That's what they do. Um, that could leave them a little bit vulnerable. I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't think it's a terrible bet to take Roma to qualify in some random nuttiness because Liverpool likes to play wild games. It's just what they do. Um, and they don't really have an off switch. They have to go forward. And what we've learned from Roma is they're very good at home. They, they just are. Um, but do they have the, bo- do they have the bolts to come back? I don't see it. I will say though, Liverpool in the final 20 minutes of that game didn't look particularly good. I mean, they gave up too many goals up. late. Yeah, yeah, they did give up. That's a great point. They're lucky they had such a margin because, um, you know, Roma was was very good going forward. I will say this. Second legs are great, you know, especially in these two fixtures. I mean, how does this game not go over three and a half? I mean, I I would look over three and a half even money. I mean, Roma has to score. I mean, Liverpool is going to adhere to that. They'll go forward too. I'd go over in both these games. I'd parlay both, and 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 you're not going to lose. I appreciate the info, guys. Uh, that, those are my couple quick questions for the night. You guys take it easy. Thanks, Mike. See ya. Uh, let's keep it going here. Uh, caller, you're live. What's up? Hey, Jeff, what's up? This is Duke uh, from Hawaii. I was uh, tweeting with you earlier today. Um, what's up, Duke? How I'm, you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I just kind of want to go back to the uh, to the Raptors-Cavs um, quickly. Just, you know, the, the Raptors struggled against uh, a crappy Wizards team. Um, and, you know, the Cavs are definitely better than the Wizards. Listen, I don't, I don't know, but I, I see, I, someone said to me on Twitter, I, I don't think they're a, a, that bad. I mean, listen, I mean, we, we all know Toronto doesn't have a lot of success in the playoffs. I get that. I mean, if that's the, and Duke, if that's the, the, the comment you're going to make, I agree with you. I'm not going to disagree that they don't have trouble in the, the playoffs. But uh, listen, I mean, Washington, it's not like they didn't have John Wall. I mean, John Wall was in there. Bradley Beal was in there. Otto Porter was in there. They were all in there. And they still did win 4-2, keep in mind. I mean, it's not like it went yeah. to game seven. About that last game, though. I mean, right. that, that last game, they, they had a, a strong lead, and then they let it slip away, and they gave, they gave up in those last couple minutes. I was, I'm, I'm from D.C. originally, and I just felt bad for, you know, my hometown fans. Like, I mean, they, they, they just gassed on them. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's just – they need more in Washington. And if, if I'm Washington, I would trade John Wall uh, to the L.A. Lakers and I'd get Lonzo yeah. Wall and someone else, and I would allow Bradley Beal to be the guy on this team. John Wall is a great player, but I, I just – they need more of a, a quintessential point guard, like Alonzo Ball kind of player. You go out and get a little haul for John Wall – Make Bradley Beal the guy. Surround him with really good players, and I think you'd be fine. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, this two guard thing—I I, just—I don't know how long it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, man. That was all. I, I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. So, are you saying you think Toronto's going to beat the Cavs, or what? I mean, I think they're going to beat the Cavs, but I think I think the Cavs are going to take more than one. I mean. Um, Granted, I don't think LeBron can carry them, like, all the way. Um, I don't think they go to the champion, to the Eastern Conference Championship. Um, you know, but I, I think they take more than one, and I think they push it to, to maybe another Game 7 um, in this series. But, I mean, you saw what needed to happen to have Kevin Love produce anything. He had to be called out. Um, and, you know, these guys – He's just playing, like, at, at such another level. All these guys, I mean, a lot of these guys, Thompson and, um, you know, so on, they brought it tonight, uh, earlier today. But, I mean, it was a game seven. They need to bring it like that every day, every game. But I think uh, I think they can take a couple, um, but not the series. Let me ask you something. Uh, rank the final four teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. I'd say Sixers, Celtics, Raptors, Cavs. Wow, you have the Sixers over Toronto. Yeah, I mean right now, I mean I just how, I know how, I know how, how far do you like how far do you have them over like a lot or like you no, think no, the Sixers not a lot. way better? Okay, not 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 way better. I just I guess just watching that that Toronto team so closely against DC, being from DC, um, I just. I mean, year in, year out, it's the same thing with that team. So, uh, you know, just having – following them, I just really don't think they're a great squad, which is disappointing being from there. But, um, you know, I, I was just surprised that uh, the, that game, the way it was looking, that game was looking like it It was going to go back to Toronto for a game seven, you know, going into the second half, even the fourth quarter, I think it was. Um, they, you know, they turned it on in the fourth. Um, but, you know, that was against, uh, you know, a, uh, a crappy Wizards, in my opinion, you know, Wizards team. But um, I, I like the Sixers right now. Yeah, I think we all do. And that's, uh, that's the big concern. It seems like everyone does. But, yeah, we're excited, man. Big game tomorrow night. And, uh, hey, man, great call. Thanks for uh, chatting tonight. Thanks for having me, brother. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Take it easy, man. All right. Uh, good call there from a couple guys. Um, I know that guy was uh, contacting me on Twitter today uh, from uh, sunny Hawaii. Uh, lived there for a while. Good stuff. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. Hopefully you all had a nice uh, evening with me here uh, on the show. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning with my friend Donnie Wrightside on SBR, uh, 10 o'clock AM. Uh, we'll recap everything that went on this weekend and look forward to a Monday, the Monday baseball card, a little basketball as well and more. Make sure you, Tune in for that. Uh, and Blackjack and I will be back uh, tomorrow evening, Monday evening, here on Viva La 
Vegas. Everyone have a great night. Thanks for uh, calling all the callers that joined me tonight. Uh, we will see you tomorrow here on Viva La Vegas. Bye-bye. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is for 